Welcome to you. It's good to have you here on the Damon Bruce Show on Damon Bruce Plus, everybody's favorite YouTube channel these days. Uh, we got some exciting podcast uh, kind of numbers to share with you a little bit later on, but today we have a mission. We got to get you ready for what is an event horizon game for the Golden State Warriors. And to do that, oh, we got not just a guest. I'm going to go ahead and bill him as a special guest, believe it or not. So I used to do this solo show, right? And then they paired me with Ray, and then it was Damon, Ratto, and Kolsky, and then it was Damon and Ratto. All those years, people think, is the person that you've done the most amount of show with, like Larry Kruger? No, it's actually, and I counted these things, Kolsky, believe it or not, you and I did 500 22 afternoon drive radio shows together in our lives, but this is the first time we've ever done it here on the Plus. How are you, pal? Man, that's a lot of shows. Good for us. <laughs> that's a lot of shows. And by the way, uh, we're both out of work and available to you. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do I need to like was. put a little resume box right here on the? This is these are my accomplishments. Five hundred twenty-two afternoon shows. I've done this in my life. Anything else? <laughs> no, not really. But no. look at this. Look at this, everyone. <laughs> uh, he's got sharp new glasses. I can let you know tonight he is going to be on KNBR around Warriors basketball. So that is going to be an outstanding show. I just heard you filling in for Tolbert the other day, Kolsky, with Adam Copes. You guys had an awesome interview with Marcus Thompson. So needless to say, you have uh, stayed right in the game, sharp as hell. And that's why I wanted to have you on today. we got a lot to talk about in this series, what has happened and, and what might happen. Yes, it's... Uh... I don't want to say it's shocking because in many ways we've seen the same warriors we saw all year long. Right. But it, it is, it's disappointing undoubtedly. And I think in particular, the way game four ended, like, look, we can talk about Jordan pool. We can talk about the fact that they, they probably from a franchise perspective, I imagine they regret not adding a big player to this team. At some point they had opportunities, but fundamentally they had a game one and the three hall of famers kicked it around and blew it and and there's really you know that's if that's what's gonna happen then they're in big trouble yeah i mean i would agree and it, it feels like you know we're looking at the modern nba where everyone figured out that three is worth more than two but actually in this series when you're just counting future hall of famers the lakers two future hall of famers have been worth more than the three future hall of famers of the Golden State Warriors. Um, there's there's plenty of blame to go around here. Not that we want to spend the you know entire appearance uh, playing a blame game because there's more to be appreciative of of this dynasty than there is to be angry that an aging team is losing its magic right in front of our eyes. Um, but in a world of spreading blame around, can you pinpoint a person, a decision, a rotation choice, something that you think is most responsible for the 3-1 deficit? I mean, I I don't want to say any one thing is most responsible just because, look, the 3-1 deficit is really a matter of game four, right? I mean, if we were sitting here at 2-2, even if they had, if the game had played exactly the same until three minutes left and Steph hits one of those long threes and instead of one of those terrible clay shots, they get a two and Draymond doesn't just throw it away. 
on the final possession. Like, there are so many little things there. And by the same token, I could look at Jordan Poole and say, if he was even the Jordan Poole of this regular season, which was not as good as the Jordan Poole of last playoffs, would that be enough to have them at 2-2 or even ahead 3-1? There are, there are so many little points of difference that could have gone their way. And I think that's the nature of the playoffs. You know, that's it's something that Warriors fans have not been used to. And this is this is oversaid but not overrated. The margin of error was uncharacteristically big relative to NBA history for the first half of this Warriors dynasty. Like they kept winning and winning and then they got Kevin Durant and they won and won and in order to not win, they would have had to make an unbelievable number of horrendous mistakes, right? right. Like they, Guys would have they could have forgotten their sneakers that night. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so it's different than that. But almost every champion in NBA history has been different than that. But very rare are the times where the margin of error for a champion is that big. Right. So I mean, you and I re- used to get it right from Steve, right out of his mouth. He would tell us, he'd be like, Damon, yes. Matt. This is not the real NBA. What you're looking at That's is an it. illusion. It is a stunt. It is a it is is it's you know, it, it's some David Copperfield making the Statue of Liberty disappear shit. Like this isn't supposed to happen, right. but here it is. It's happening. And 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 beyond that, there is something about the particular magic of Steph Curry. And and I think again, until there were three minutes left in the game, we thought last night was one of those nights where it was just the magic of Steph Curry was too much for everyone that you get used to it. It was the and and I think I have perspective on this from, you know, growing up Jordan, so to speak. Because it's a very look, they are incredibly different players in almost every way. But the feeling of magic and the confidence you have Right. The confidence you had when Michael took those la- those final shots is very similar to the confidence you have when the ball leaves Steph Curry's hands, no matter where he is on the floor, really. So I, it's weird when it starts to fade or, you know, in Jordan's case, he comes back and just it's not the same. Right. But part of this this dynasty experience is wrapping your mind around the end of it and whether they win tonight, whether they somehow pull a championship out of their asses this year, like the end is closer than the beginning by a lot. So I, I tend to be a guy, whether it's Jordan or Tom Brady or, you know, pick your goat that I've watched. I'd, I'm going to go ahead and err on the it's over when it's over side. And I'm going to, I would bet on the Warriors to win tonight because yeah. I just can't quite see it ending like this. But I also have to acknowledge, like, I'm not sure what the moment is when I'll be like, all right, I could see it ending like this. <laughs> you right. know, it's well, never going to feel right when it ends, but it I is going to end. 
I think I do see it ending in game six. I do think I see them extending this. I, I Not only do I think the Warriors are going to show you their best punch left, but I also think that tonight is the one night where maybe the Lakers are just predisposed to take their eye off the ball a little like they did in game two after they got comfy. Um, I don't want to talk about any load management in the playoffs, but <laughs> uh, uh, less minutes for LeBron Anthony Davis tonight. Uh, an early white flag for Darvin Ham thinking we're going back to win this in six and they you know they're not going to want to see a game seven so maybe that's the pressure maybe basketball Illuminati will assemble to help the Warriors through game six but I do think they pick and roll their way to a win tonight uh Matt we got a little business to do first of all look at me I got sponsors Matt it's a delicious right. sandwich you know all about Ike's uh you have eaten uh hundreds of those sandwiches and I suggest yes everyone go out and eat yourself an Ike sandwich today as you're getting ready for tonight. And uh, uh, we always thank our sponsors, win, lose, or draw. Uh, you might need some whiskey tonight. And blackened whiskey <laughs> is what we're also brought to you by. Uh, it's fantastic. I got to get you mm. a bottle, Kolsky. I really yes. do. And Matt Kolsky is brought to us by the Ganja Jar. Oh, the Ganja Jar. Matt Kolsky, everybody. It's hey, a Ganja perfect, Jar. <laughs> perfect marriage made in heaven. Uh, but look, man, this is, uh, you know, we, all good things in sports end. I mean, that's yes. how it works. The fact that this has gone on as long as it has, I think, has created a little bit of a, a, a false hope in sports fans who don't understand that the rug eventually gets pulled out from underneath everyone. That's how it works. Um, I do think they have a last stand game in them. Go take your shot in game six. And then if this comes back to game seven, I, I think the Warriors would be favored in that game too. But winning three in a row just feels like a huge Herculean ask. I actually went through the schedule to see how many times the Warriors rattled off a three-game winning streak without looking at the schedule. I yeah. must have memorized it like John Dickinson used to, Matt. No. Um, do you, do you, would you even care to fathom how many times the Warriors won at least three in a row? I, I would guess... I mean, if I had to set an over-under, it would be one and a half. So it's, I actually was – I approached it looking for a, a, a very negative number. It's actually more than I thought it would be. They have had six huh. – three or more winning streaks. They've never – they never won six in a row. Five is where they topped out <laughs> in any winning streak. But um, they have done it. They just okay. have done it against an opponent that is geared up, ready to sharpen the knife, play against them. Uh, tell me – how crazy you think this is? If I'm Steve Kerr, who is officially like all out of moves, Jamichael Green ain't sneaking up on anybody. Gary, I have Payton a feeling II. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, so Gary Payton the second, right? Like I, I, I don't know why he wasn't thrown out there on Lonnie Walker in the fourth quarter. I'm going to scratch my head <laughs> on that one for a while. Uh, if I'm Steve Kerr, I'm starting Jordan Poole tonight. As bad as everything is gone, I'm starting it, just looking to hope for a spark. Because if he doesn't join the party, the party's over, Matt. Whether it be tonight, yeah. game six or seven, he's got to look like himself, and I don't think he's going to look like himself coming off the bench. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a gamble, but but what's left? Well, okay, so uh, two things. First of all, I, I would add to your point, in terms of like if he doesn't join the party, even if they somehow put it together to sneak past the Lakers with Jordan Poole playing like hot garbage, which is what we saw in game four, th th there's no way they beat Denver like that. Denver to me looks they got awfully the look. tough. They got the look. Yeah. So so you're you're right, you are gonna need Jordan Poole. And the reason I, I immediately clocked where you were headed is because you're the second person to say this to me this morning. Uh, the first being my father who 
while we were FaceTiming with my kids, uh, as so often happens, it devolved into just the two of us yelling at each other about basketball. <laughs> and um, he he was like, Shout they got to start Cole. Jordan Poole for, for the same reason you said. Like, And we've seen it throughout the season when Jordan Poole started. He was a different player than when he did not. And, and I get it. And I'm not. I don't think it's as crazy as it sounds, given what we've seen from Jordan Poole. But but what I did say to my dad, and what I'll say now is, if you do that, and and at the first five minutes of the game, he looks just as bad. I mean, he has looked like the rookie version of himself, right? Yep. Which is an unplayable guy. Massive regression. Massive right. regression. And so if he's that guy for the first five minutes of the game tonight, to me. Like that's it. You've hook. basically lost him forever. He's not going to play this playoffs anymore, and you're going to have to trade him in the off season. Um, so, are you willing to to roll the dice that way? I mean, in a sense, why not? And, and I do think it's like it's a worthy gamble in terms of there is concrete evidence that Jordan Poole is better as a starter, and not just better, but can be truly electric, can can be game changing, and they are rolling D'Lo out there, like. We know what you can't do is be a non-shooter. They cannot have more than one non-shooter on the floor. Like, those lineups have not generally worked in this series. Jordan Poole is not that. I mean, he's a non-defender, and and that's not great, but I don't know. Like, there is a certain sort of wisdom to that, and if you did catch lightning in a bottle with Jordan Poole, and all of a sudden you got one of those games where he seems unstoppable— you know, he, he put up 30 or something for you, I do think that might change the series. So, like, is it crazy? Yeah, a little bit, but not quite as crazy as it sounds. And in a way, I think it's as good a gamble as anything else right now. Again, what other lever is even available for Steve to pull on right now other than the forgotten lever? And I wanted to talk to you about this. What the hell do you think happened to Jonathan Kaminga? When did it happen? And I, I, to me, like everyone was talking about, well, he was unplayable in that Sacramento series. All right, maybe. I mean, we got such a little look, and it wasn't right. good. But this is a whole different series. It's a series where you need another athlete, you need some legs, you need some rebounding, and I think he could sort of give the Warriors those things. Are you surprised he has become not just an afterthought, but a non-thought? I, I am less surprised than I am frustrated. I, I'm i a huge Steve Kerr guy. Like, I think he's one of the great coaches of all time. I think he brings a unique combination of motivation, strategic excellence, and, and just, like, an understanding of people. Um, but what I cannot understand from him... I mean, to me, the answer to where is Kaminga is kind of the same as the answer to where has Moody been all year long. Like, and and look, someone could make the argument that Moody is doing what he's doing now because he rode the pine all year and learned something. I find that hard to believe personally. Yeah. I, yeah I'm, I'm, so to me, it's like this is a player who is helpful who you have been missing all year, and had you had him, maybe your trade deadline is different. And instead of bringing in another small guy, you had a big guy and maybe that changes things for the way this team looks right now. Like there are, again, this is a, a season with so many inflection points, but I can't understand why in a series where there's a guy like Jared Vanderbilt making an impact, you couldn't find a way to have Jonathan Kaminga help you. He is 
utterly unique to the Warriors team by virtue of his athleticism and sort of aggressive rim attack impact. Nobody else on this team can do that. So it is strange and frustrating to me that they have not found a way to use it. Although I think the, the, the style of Steve Kerr as it regards young players, particularly over the last couple years, makes it less surprising. It, it does frustrate me. I don't get it. Something that I was talking about yesterday, Matt, and, and I, you are, you know, you're a, a, a student of NBA history. You care about not just what is happening or what might happen next, but what has happened in the past. And I know Warriors fans are frustrated by what they're looking at here. And I know that, you know, the LeBron Curry debate is so tired. I don't want to have it in any way, <laughs> shape or form. But what we really do have, and I think it's just been lost on everyone here, is this is our like modern slice of NBA history. It was Jordan v. Pistons. It was Bird v. Magic. It's Lakers v. Celtics. And it's LeBron versus Warriors. I mean, that really has been the defining rivalry. Not LeBron's team, but just LeBron yep. versus Warriors for over a decade now. And this is our probably last look at it. You know, two champions staggered late in their prize fighting careers, throwing punches at each other still in the middle of the ring. And it's amazing what what so many fans, Warriors fans specifically, have lost in the frustration of this series is truly like what a gift this series is to basketball fans of, of all generations. This is this is incredible. Yeah, particularly and it's unfortunate that the Warriors lost both of them, but particularly when you get games like one and four where it's back and forth all night. It's super competitive. It's exciting at the end. And again, <laughs> the Bay Area would prefer it if it went the other way in the end. But right. but those games, they are moments to cherish for sure. And like you said, there are defining eras of the NBA very, very distinctly. And one of them now is, you know, if you want to boil it down to its most basic elements, LeBron versus Steph. And, and it's, boy, has it been an entertaining era uh to put things into proper historical perspective uh we go back to berkeley california the greek theater matt kolsky i know you were <laughs> there for all three shows just like i was i want to talk yes. to you though about the greek tweezer into simple uh this is the fish portion of the show again matt kolsky brought to you by the ganja jar. Uh, the, I feel like is. I should pull out a ganja jar, but I, I mean, I don't know what the legality is, and my ganja jars are, are mason jars, so you see right through them. You know That's what I right. mean? That's all right. That's legality. It's the internet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. This is this is a ganja jar for you here. Yes, that's, yeah. That is yeah. an excellent-looking ganja I, jar. I, even, I label it. It goes it? backwards on the screen. I forgot, I forgot about that. That's but all right. I, what, what did it say? It says white runts. White runts? Yes. White runts, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, Greek tweezer. Overrated, underrated, properly rated as the best tweezer of 4.0. What say you? So, I mean, I think the the main competition there is the Tahoe tweezer, right? I mean, yes. that's what we're basically – this is getting very technical. Um, you, you know, you have a little extra length. Uh, I would say at times perhaps a little less focused, but there may be more different phases than the Tahoe tweezer, which for me, you know, I am the particular type of fish nerd who shows up hoping for that. 
Yes. Right. The multi-phase. Like I'm real. Look, I'll I'll dance around to an NICU like the next guy. Right. right. But but I would like I, a tweezer in fifteen parts, please. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I I do think. I, yeah. Yeah, I would rate it number one, and I might be slightly biased because I wasn't in Tahoe for the other one, but right. um, both incredible, both five out of five stars. You have to pick little hairs, and for me, I think the the like more phases, more minutes gives it a slight edge. My favorite part of the whole thing is the perfect transition into Simple, where the entire crowd is equally admiring that transition – they're thrilled that Simple is following this epic tweezer and the appreciation that they just let out for what they saw. I'll tell yeah. you, there's there's magic moments where people sort of get it. And you know that Jillian is like slowly but surely like coming aboard, watching her see like, you know, fish history actually happen right in front of her. You know, that, that tweezer hit her and she got it at the you know, I looked over at her and she was like, Holy shit. This is like <laughs> I'm feeling it. It's happening. So uh you want to talk about there's so much talk about grooming. The way that I have groomed my <laughs> wife into a fish fan is really, really something else. You'd be so proud of me. Matt, uh I I have always been proud to share a microphone with you. You've always been a wonderful co host. We've officially now done five hundred twenty three shows together, so I'm gonna adjust that total lifetime yes. show count. Uh, tell us again when you are on KNBR tonight around uh, Warriors and what's going on. Uh, yes, uh, Warriors tip seven. So we've got like a little six forty. I'm gonna hop on with FP. I've got a I've got a tight window. You know, get in before the game, talk a little about it, and then I'm gonna go watch the game while FP does his thing, and then come back. Basically, as soon as the the final buzzer blows, whatever happens, I will hit the air on KNBR. Kolsky with the Little Warrior pregame, three-plus hours on Casey Schmidt, Schmidt hit a home run, <laughs> followed by Kolsky doing Warriors post. It sounds like a good night on KNBR to me. He Tell did us. hit a home run, though. My goodness. He did. That, was, uh, that wasn't a cheapie. That was a big boy home run. That was very impressive. Uh, give FP my very best. Great to see you. Love the glasses. Love the appearance. Uh, let's do another one soon. Love the plus. Talk to you soon. There he is, Matt Kolsky, boys and girls, the one and only. Thank you so much, Matt. Great to see you, as always, and in case anyone missed it again, we are brought to you by my good friend at Ike Sandwiches. We are brought to you by a great bottle of liquor that is blackened whiskey, and uh, I suggest you go out and you get them uh, immediately. You will be happy that you did. A lot of love coming in for Kolsky here on the chat line. We will get to it when we get into Club Plus. Uh, There are questions about Kolsky's level of highness. The answer is there is always a baseline stream of THC doing its job in his veins, and that's why we've always worked together so very well because I'm sure you could find the same thing somewhere in me. Um, This is a big game tonight, clearly, for the Golden State Warriors. We talk about the concept of must-win sort of being a theory more than a reality. Well, tonight, welcome to the reality of the must-win. A loss means everyone gets to book their tea time at Pebble this weekend. Um... I do think the Warriors carry the night. I do. I think the Warriors carry the night. If they go out, I don't see them going out in game five at home. I see them going out in game six. Again, to be trusted at home, I think the Warriors are worthy of that. 
to be untrusted on the road. I think the Warriors are worthy of that as well. They've earned their reputation this year. By the way, I can take the headphones off now. I can take the headphones off now. Um, I want to thank this entire audience for putting your headphones on, listening right over your iPhones or however you're doing it. But because of uh, the interest in Warriors and Lakers, my podcast is being downloaded in, well, historic for me anyways, uh, record amounts. And because of that, this morning, I woke up to the news uh, from my podfather himself, Benjamin Shapiro, saying, you need to check out where you are ranked now in Apple's podcasts. I have the fourth most listened to podcast in the topic of sports on Apple this morning. Number four, we're behind Bill Simmons and Pardon My Take and one other show, and it's us. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, that's that's not me. That's you responding to what we're doing. That is you, my incredibly loyal audience, picking up what we're putting down. And it's not like this is being distributed by some massive content creation company. There was one I was working for, but they done fucked that up. So here we are, literally taking over the sports conversation, just me and my wife from the basement. <laughs> from the basement of my house. I have done more to grow this brand in less than seven weeks than nine plus years at 95.7 The Game. It's unbelievable. There isn't a single Odyssey podcast that is anywhere near the level of success that I've had independently. It's It's been amazing. And it's amazing because of you and your response. We haven't even done any marketing. We haven't even done any official promotion for this. We have bought no ads. Nothing. Nothing. It's just all happening organically. Um, speaking of organic, make sure your ganja is indeed organic. Uh, but look, I, it's, it's amazing what is happening, and it's happening because of you. It's happening because of you, your loyalty, this audience. You've been incredible. So let me tell you what uh, I am going to be doing for you guys t -t -t tonight. I am going to the Warriors game. I'm going to scoot out probably at halftime because we've got the grandparents watching the kids while Jillian is on the road uh, working, you know, her end of her career. She sometimes has to stop working on the plus to work on her own career. How selfish. Uh, but considering she is now the primary breadwinner of this house, uh, we'll support that to no end. Uh, she is on a little bit of a road trip. She gets to stay in the fabulous metropolis that is Fresno tonight. And um, I'm going to get home. I'm going to tuck the kids into bed. And then when the Warriors and Lakers go final, I am not hopping on the AMP app. I am coming right here to YouTube to join you for a little post-game show, and hopefully you plan on joining me around, what, you know, call it 9.15, 9.30-ish. We'll go ahead and put a placeholder up, but don't hold me to the actual time. We will hit the start streaming button when that game goes final. And hopefully tonight it's not one of those, hey, I can start doing post-game midway through the fourth quarter games because something has gone horrifically wrong for the Warriors. We did that last game 
We don't want to have to do that in this game. Well, we did that in games in game three, I believe. Game four didn't go much better. I was on the the uh, I was on amp for game four, but look, I, I've been called crazy. I'm glad uh, Kolsky didn't call me crazy. He sees what I'm talking about. I'm starting Jordan Poole tonight because I, I'm putting him in. I'm seeing if he's got anything, and if he doesn't, I need to know that and get him the fuck out of the rotation for the rest of the game. Or, or he's actually giving you something, and what do you know? Jordan Poole plays again. Again, if he's not giving you something offensively, he gives you so little defensively, there's no reason to play him. See if you can get anything offensively going from Jordan Poole as a starter in his home gym and see if that can get working tonight. And if it can't, you short-leash him and he's gone. And like Kolsky said, he might be gone-gone because the amount of don't-trust-that-guy that would be echoing uh, would be significant. And again, the Lakers are just running two or three dudes at Curry Every single time he's got the ball in his hand, Curry has to beat the Lakers tonight with the shots that he can create for himself, the shots that come to him in either the flow of the offense or the pick and roll. He needs to make the right decisions. He needs to be careful with the ball. And somebody needs to help him out. Clay Thompson, I'm looking at you. Andrew Wiggins, I'm looking at you. And as I said, Jordan Poole, I'm still looking at you, kid. I'm still looking at you. Uh, Steph Curry had more points in game four than Clay and Jordan Poole in games three and four combined. That's got to change. Uh, in games one and two, Clay and Poole had 82 points and two turnovers. In games three and four, they've combined for 29 points and 13 turnovers. Jordan Poole's not the only two guard fucking this up. Clay Thompson. I'm looking at you, man. You should not have slept well after game four. And the cycle of Clay is, oh, everything's great. Oh, no, things are not great. I don't believe in Clay anymore. Wait a minute. I totally believe in Clay again. Clay's back, everybody. It needs to be the Clay's back, everybody portion of the Clay Thompson cycle. And it needs to be that starting tonight. And it needs to stay there for the next three games, or there will be no Warriors versus Nuggets, Warriors versus Suns. Um, around the rest of the NBA, look, the Sixers looked very good last night. There is no doubt about that. Uh, they looked like a much better team to beat than the Boston Celtics do right now. I saw this. This is a fascinating statistic. I, I need to pull this up here. Uh, Celtics and Sixers. I wrote this down. I saw this from ESPN Stats and Info. The Celtics are 37 and 8. That's better than that's an 822 winning percentage in the regular season when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for 60 points. So when the Celtics version of the Splash Brothers goes off in the regular season, they're winning eight out of ten times. In the postseason, with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combining for 60 points, they're now 5-4. and four. Their near 82 or 822 winning percentage drops to 555. Another fish song, by the way. Drops to 555 in the postseason. They're 5-4 and four when they combine for the 60 points. Unbelievable. Little statistical anomalies like that totally always fascinate me. Uh, look, Jimmy Buckets. And, uh, and the Heat tonight can extinguish the New York Knicks. That game's at the Garden. So we got two teams at home tonight playing for their lives. We got Knicks and Heat going off early in the TNT doubleheader, followed by 
Warriors and Lakers. Uh, baseball, it is all just an afternoon affair. As a matter of fact, we got uh, A's and Yankees in progress. Sean Manaya on the hill tonight as the Giants look to take a series off the Washington Nationals. They can do that with a win. Uh, like we joked around, Casey Schmidt homered in his major league debut his second at bat last night his entire family was there uh, as big of a friends and family section i've seen for a major league debut in a while i guess tickets are available um but that was a great moment for him great moment for that family and can't wait to see how quickly farhan yanks him out of the rotation to platoon him uh, now that his career is underway, uh, I'm joking, but also I'm, I'm not joking. And I'm never joking when I tell you, you know, fuck John Fisher, because uh, that remains a permanent thing. Before we get into Club Plus, there is one more story that I wanted to share with you today. And that is the NFL schedule beginning to trickle out. I think I saw, what is it, we're going to have 49ers-Eagles in Week 13. That game will be in Philadelphia, I believe. Uh, don't hold me to that, though, because I thought I heard that more than I've actually read it, and I was looking for it, and I just didn't see it pop up anywhere. Uh, but we got an international flair. Uh, officially handed out by the NFL today. Uh, your full international schedule, which I saw on The Athletic, begins in October, October 1st. We got Atlanta at Jacksonville at Wembley Stadium. On October 8th, Jacksonville, uh, Europe's home team, uh, against Buffalo at Hotspur Stadium. Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, see, I learned a few things hanging around Ray and Kolsky, all those shows. On October 15th, the Baltimore Ravens, who rarely travel outside of, what, two 1,000 miles from their own home stadium, they are going to travel many miles as they uh, fly to Hotspur Stadium to take on Tennessee. Uh, so Lamar and company are on the road. Uh, Miami and Kansas City, probably the marquee international game this year. That's going to happen in Germany. We got the Colts and Patriots in a situation that neither one of those teams will probably be very good this year but they are getting exported to germany as well and the other scheduling news that we officially have is it will all come out tomorrow at five o'clock our time i believe is that jets and dolphins are going to be playing the nfl's first ever black friday game so we're going to get three games on Thanksgiving, your morning, you know, your morning in Detroit, your afternoon in Dallas, and then whatever that primetime Thanksgiving Day game is. And then we're going to get a Black Friday game, and then the rest of the league will go, obviously, the following Sunday. Uh, by the way, that first ever Black Friday game is going to be on Amazon, so you better be prepared to stream this year if you want to be an NFL fan. Direct Ticket, obviously, is going to be on YouTube this year, and we'll see how that goes. I'm very pro-YouTube these days myself, but I'm going to tell you, I do not like live sports on YouTube because of the redundancy or not the redundancy, but the delay, or is that called redundancy? I don't know, but there, there is a delay that is 30 seconds to a minute behind actual action. Uh, by the time it hits that stream and looking at a second screen like Twitter and then having, uh, you know, Tim Kawakami tell me touchdown Niners. And you know, they're still snapping the ball on third down when I go up to my TV, if that's where I'm watching it, that gets a little frustrating for me. So I'm either going to have to put the Twitter down, which is hard to do when you're in the media, which I, I guess still am. I mean, when you got the number four podcast in America in the topic of sports, by the way, 105 total Apple podcasts. 
105 total. Now, these are all fluctuating numbers, and I'm sure to fall out of the top 10, top 25, top 50, top 100 when we're done with Warriors and Lakers. But the amount of people who have come to me, have found the show through Warriors and Lakers is significant. And again, I thank you all very, very much. Before we officially turn our attention to Club Plus, I want to say thank you one more time to Matt Kolsky for joining me today. That was an awful lot of fun. And I'm going to tell you that when you got good friends, you want to keep them around you. That's why this morning I woke up early and I joined Gianna Franco over on KPIX. I've already linked that video to the YouTube page. Uh, there was a mic problem right before I went on air. They fixed it. And when they pulled my jacket open, I have like one collar hanging. I look ridiculous on TV this morning. So enjoy the video. I got one collar hanging out, one collar tucked in. Uh, I, I, I look like I might be at a 70s party or might not be at a 70s party. Uh, I wore the sport coat that I call the sportscaster. I don't even think they let you own a sport coat like this unless you're a sportscaster. So you can go be a harsh judge of yourself before the segment is over. I caught myself, though, in the camera. Thanks a lot, Gianna, for not saying anything. I got one one flap out, freaking Jeffrey Leonard over here. Um, one flap down on, on my collar. I caught it in a video monitor, and before the segment is over, I fixed it. But I'm, I'm out there for two minutes looking like I'm just all, all cockeyed from a collar standpoint. Uh, this has been a fun one today. It was great to have Kolsky. It's always good to have you. We're going to go through everything you're talking about on Club Plus as we get there in just a moment. But for those of you listening now on the number four podcast and the topic of sports on Apple, let's just call it the number four sports podcast in the United States for the day while we can, because we can today. Uh, I want to thank all of you very, very much. Good luck to the Warriors tonight. They certainly need it. And uh, I want to remind you that sports don't build character. They reveal it, and like that, whew, he's gone.